Ladies and gentlemen, we once again have Dallas Stars game day, but with a new twist tonight will be the first matchup between the Seattle Kraken and the Dallas Stars. On today's show, I'll be joined by host of Locked on Kraken, Erica Ayala, to talk about tonight's big matchup. We'll talk about both teams, the strengths and weaknesses of both squads, and give our overall predictions and thoughts on tonight's matchup. All of this coming up on a Wednesday edition of Locked on Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, and you are locked on the Dallas Stars on this Wednesday, January 12th, Dallas Stars game day. The boys are back at the AAC tonight for a one-game homestand before hitting the road this weekend to take on the Panthers and Lightning. Quick update for you guys, as I'm sure many of you have seen on social media tonight, the Dallas Stars will be without forward Dennis Gurionov and goalie Braden Holtzby as they both have been placed into the NHL's COVID protocols. From what I've heard, both guys will be able to test, I believe, at the end of tonight's game or tomorrow morning. Uh, and if they test negative, they can accompany the team to Florida this weekend. So hopefully both those guys are healthy and are able to test negative so that way they can play with the guys down in Florida because they're going to need all hands on deck. But let's not talk about those games just yet. We have a game to cover tonight between the Stars and Kraken for the first time ever. Seattle, the newest expansion team, here in the NHL. But before we get into today's crossover episode, do you want to take a moment and say thank you for stopping by today's episode of Locked on Stars? Whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener, thank you for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to and follow the Locked on Stars podcast wherever you get your podcast at, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. No matter where you listen or how you listen, the show is always 100% free, and be sure to rate and review if you like what you hear. But without any further hesitation, let's get right into today's crossover episode between myself and Erica Ayala of Locked on Seattle Kraken. Well, welcome in, everybody, Stars fans and Seattle Kraken fans alike. This is Dane Lewis with the Locked on Stars podcast, joined by Erica Ayala of Locked on Seattle Kraken. Her Erica, how are you today? I'm doing well, Dane. It's great to make your acquaintance. I'm glad uh, we're doing this uh, squad cast, as I like to say today. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. I, I'm very excited as well. Uh, I know a lot of teams kind of starting to get back into the swing of things as far as playing games. Dallas and Seattle both, uh, you know, respectively coming off of some COVID hiatuses. And I know the Stars recently have had, you know, a few more players go into protocol. Um, but, you know, glad to be collaborating with Lockdown Host once again, talking about games, finding a little bit of consistency in what's been a, a crazy start to 2022 so far. Indeed. Yes, indeed. So uh, we'll see. I think this is going to be uh, a good game. As you said, the Seattle Kraken also coming off of a bit of a hiatus because of what has been happening with other teams. So uh, got back into action against Colorado, but this uh, will be a good test, I think, against Dallas for us. 
yeah, I think this will be an interesting game from both sides. And to kind of get us rolling, I uh, want to throw some Seattle-related questions your way, uh, you know, just to, to give a little bit of knowledge to the Stars listeners out there before this matchup, because these two teams have never met up before with it being Seattle's first year in the league. And so just kind of the first question I have for you, what has been kind of the pulse of the organization and fan base this season, despite some of the struggles that the Kraken have faced early on? Uh, clearly not, you know, where you want to be in the standings, bottom of the division out in the Pacific, but what has kind of been the pulse of the organization and fan base throughout the first several weeks of this season? Well, you have to obviously start with everything was brand new, quite literally building a franchise from the ground up. And there was a lot of excitement from that. And I think for those people who are either in Seattle or the Washington area, kind of the Seattle Kraken catchment area, if you will, or people who have kind of fallen in love with this team, that excitement still remains. Now, you know, we still commiserate over things over on Locked on Kraken that seem to be quite honestly, just bad habits of the team sitting at 10, 20, and four, as you mentioned, at the bottom of the division, which, you know, a lot of people talk about, obviously, our division as not being one of the more competitive divisions. And I think, um, you know, the the struggle is certainly very real. The team is still trying to establish itself. And that being said, there are definitely some things that I talk about that, you know, as a professional organization uh, and a group of players, you definitely want to see them refine a little bit more. So it's a little bit of a push and pull having to analyze the team from a hockey perspective. That being said, I do think that the buzz and the excitement and, you know, talking about revenge games or, you know, Seattle Kraken firsts, which I mean, you know, that first week, especially there were a bunch of them, right? So we got to talk about that a lot. I mean, we're still just having fun with it. I think that's the overall kind of mentality and sentiment behind the Seattle Kraken fan base right now. Yeah, absolutely. Certainly still exciting to see, you know, a, a professional team kind of emerge up there in Seattle after you know, basketball with the supersonics, at least on the men's side of things, uh, you know, kind of disappearing. But now having a hockey team thrown into the mix with WNBA, NFL, things like that, uh, certainly an exciting time there. And you mentioned uh, revenge games. And I don't know how much of revenge is on this player's mind, but I got to ask, coming from the Stars side of things, we did uh, lose Jamie Alexiak to you guys in the expansion draft. What have you seen from him this season and what has kind of been his role on the team playing defenseman for this Kraken squad? Sure. Well, Alexiak is one of those players that, especially early on, uh, we didn't have in the roster right away. We've been dealing with everything from injuries to obviously COVID and whatnot. So, um, and then also being on the defenseman side of things, the Seattle Kraken defense, although when we, um, drafted and even through free agency, we were looking at on paper, big, tall defensemen. We haven't really played a big, tall game. Um, I think Alexiak, you know, is definitely one of the defenders that are a little bit more reliable when we're looking on the ice and we can kind of look to him for some of the younger defenders, which we have a, a great deal of those. Um, but um, it's hard to gauge individually how the defensemen on the Seattle Kraken are doing. Um, I wouldn't say that, uh, you know, there's too many of them that are standing out when it comes to lighting up the lamp or even uh, collecting points is a very forward dominant offensive presence right now for the Seattle Kraken. Um, so it, it's, 
I think it's a little bit difficult to say with certainty, but I would say Jamie Alexiak is not one of the defenders <laughs> that I'm most worried about. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Certainly a guy that it was just weird seeing him go. There was a lot of speculation throughout last season of, you know, would we lose a goalie because Anton Hudobin had kind of had a nice stretch dating back to the bubble in Edmonton back in 2020 and even a little bit of a nice stretch kind of in 2021. So kind of a shock to see Alexiak go, a little bit of a bitter uh, you know, bittersweet departure to, you know, get to see him be a part of this new franchise, but a guy who had kind of been an under-the-radar player for the Stars over the past several years. And like you said, you know, he's a, a bigger guy, and he always provided that nice physical presence for the team. Um, but yeah. speaking of under-the-radar players, who would you say throughout this entire roster, whether it's a defenseman or a, a forward, who's kind of an underrated, under-the-radar kind of player that Stars fans should be on the lookout for? in this matchup because we know some of the big names, you know, Eberly, McCann, guys like that, but who's maybe a guy that doesn't get as much spotlight on this Kraken team. Yeah. I love that. And then also I do want to just uh, tap back to uh, Alexiak real quick sure, because sure. he is one of the defensemen who has been helping on the assist. Uh, I, I, I didn't want to make it sound like he wasn't doing anything, <laughs> but again, it is still very much a forward dominant team, but to that yes. end, um, Players to look out for. I've been kind of singing uh, this this player's praises, especially because there was some clapback, and that's Ryan Donato. Uh, he's a player that's been around a few teams, and when we were the Seattle Kraken, that is, when we were back uh, in San Jose, he was asked, you know, um, kind of what happened here. Uh, it, it was by someone from the, the Sharks beat. You know, kind of what happened here, and he's like, I don't know. Maybe you could tell me. So he's got a little spice. Um, definitely kind of feels some kind of way, obviously, about what happened with the Sharks organization in particular. But um, I, I think that even though we've seen throughout his history that he can kind of come in with a real spark and hit a little bit of a lull, I don't think that we've seen that with the Seattle Kraken. He's got great energy. Um, I think he is really gritty which is not necessarily how I'd categorize the Seattle Kraken team as a whole. I think they could use a little more grit and a little bit more just feisty, uh, excitable play. Obviously, Brandon Tanev, we lost to an ACL injury. He's out for the season. Jaden Schwartz, who uh, plays just such an intelligent game um, and you know can absorb a lot of contact, also lost him to injury out four to six weeks. So someone like Ryan Donato along with uh, Yanni Gord, I think those are players that you're really going to see once uh, Dallas and the Seattle Kraken hit the ice, that you'll see those players, or I would expect if the Seattle Kraken are playing the way they want to play, that you'll see Donato and, of course, Yanni Gord. I mean, he's really just doing everything for the Seattle Kraken right now. So those are two players for sure that I think um, fans that are not as familiar with the Seattle Kraken roster should look out for. Yeah, very, very good to know. And you kind of mentioned uh, maybe a lack of grit for the Seattle team. That leads to kind of my final question that I have. What would you say is the overall strength of this team? And in turn, what is kind of the overall identity of this team? So I guess it's kind of a two-headed question. Uh, what is the strength of the team? And then how does that kind of align to what their identity is so far this season? I'd say a strength of the team, especially given the record and some of the quite honestly, dry spells for some of the guys and the losing streaks that we've gone through is that they are pretty even keeled. And that can be difficult when you're not seeing the results that you want. And, you know, the Seattle Kraken are losing, you know, games 4-3 or 5-4, you know, right there in it. Um, 
So I, I think they're able to maintain that even keel. But I've been talking about this on the podcast a lot. And actually, Allison Lucan, who works on the broadcast side of things and also does some analytics work, um, kind of like analytics 101 for the Seattle Kraken, she wrote an article about response goals. And so on the one hand, the Seattle Kraken are just about above middle of the pack in the NHL when it comes to responding within two minutes after their opponent scores. So there's a resilience there, but they're also not great at being able to keep their opponents off of the the scoreboard in the two minutes following their own goal. So the Seattle Kraken will score a goal, and then way too often you see that we, uh, you know, we allow a goal for the opponent. So the reason that, and maybe I don't know, it's just the kind of athlete that I used to be. But I think when you you get a little, you t- you take some of that personal. I think that's a good thing sometimes, and I don't know that all of the Seattle Kraken players can kind of um, tune in and out or kind of ride the ebbs and flows of those types of emotions to help kind of harness their just laser-sharp focus because some of what we're seeing is a focus issue. And, you know, at some point you got to, you know, have some pride, not just for the crest that you have, the team crest on the front, but also your name on the back. And so I'd like to really see uh, every once in a while – them break out of what I think is their strength, which is that they can be very even keeled and kind of uh, stay the course. But every once in a while, I just want to see them get a little riled up and, um, you know, really kind of take some pride in just saying, hey, not today. We're not going to fall into these same kind of traps. Once we score, we're not letting you score. And I think that that's the grit and the edge that we need to see more of from the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's an interesting point if you talk about response goals. So stars have also had stretches where they tend to, you know, they'll score, they'll tie the game up, but then they surrender a goal right back. So there's potential that we could see a lot of offensive fireworks in this game <laughs> if both of these teams fall under that. And so, yeah, a lot, a lot of respect, at least I know on mine and several other people, uh, you know, sounds like yourself as well for this Kraken team with having to play for an expansion team and, you know, a crazy, you know, COVID type season similar to what we had last year. Uh, just a lot of things to work out, but yet, you know, they're staying so even keel and still working at it and playing in those grinded out games. And, you know, certainly a hard, you know, act to follow given the last expansion team that the NHL had made it all the way to the Stanley Cup. So they, the Vegas Golden Knights set the bar a little bit high. Uh, if, you know, if I do say so to you guys' credit for sure. Yes, yes, indeed. And that's definitely kind of, you know, the ghost of Vegas that that kind of um, is is a cloud that is always over the Seattle Kraken. But when it comes to Ron Francis, the general manager, he's been very clear from the get go that this is a brand new franchise that they're not looking to in any way, shape or form replicate what the Vegas Golden Knights did. And honestly, some of that was just off the table. If you heard Francis talking around the expansion draft, I mean, some of those deals that we saw that Vegas was able to make, he wasn't able to get those deals. And so there was a lot of work that he and his team were doing, which is why you saw even some of what we did with goaltending come through free agency as opposed through an expansion draft. And he's also said that keeping the cap at a, a manageable in a manageable uh, way was important for him because he wants to play the long game. So in hearing Ron Francis say some of that, it's kind of like, this is what we have and we're sticking with it. We're going to see season one through. And by the end of this season, I fully expect that Ron Francis and the Seattle Kraken will have 
um, a little bit more data uh, to go off of, and they will analyze and critique. And then in season two and three, I think we'll see, you know, they'll be a little more aggressive with making off-season moves or maybe even in-season trades. Yeah, certainly, you know, going to be exciting to watch how this franchise kind of unfolds as time goes on. Well, we're going to take a quick break, this crossover episode between Locked on Stars and Locked on Crack, and we'll be right back after a quick message from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary and calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. You can go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, you can use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Well, jumping back into today's crossover episode between Locked on Stars and Locked on Seattle Kraken, Dane Lewis and Erica Ayala, uh, you know, talking about tonight's inaugural matchup for the Seattle Kraken at the American Airlines Center in Dallas against the Stars. And Erica, the floor is now yours. I'm here to answer all of your Stars related questions that you have and, you know, answer some things that the fans of the Seattle Kraken might want to know about this Stars team. Yeah, for sure. And again, thanks for this squadcast. It's always good to chat. But usually when we have a game day over at uh, Locked on Kraken, we like to kind of look at the, the breakdown. We know that uh, the Seattle Kraken don't have a great power play. Uh, we also talked in the first segment about, you know, those response goals. Um, and you talked about that with Dallas, too. But I wonder for you, um, what do you see as some of the strengths of Dallas? Because even if they maybe let up those response goals, I mean, the goals against are at 2.91 so about you know middle of the pack for the league but the Seattle Kraken are at a 368 so that's definitely <laughs> definitely a category that uh the stars are are winning but for you you know looking at those numbers and and the the goals allowed um you know what do you think makes it so that the Dallas Stars can kind of maintain and absorb some of that without giving up goals as as or certainly not close to four a game <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly. A, a huge credit of, of, you know, the success in that regard is definitely the goal, the goaltending for the Stars this season, uh, which was a kind of a big question mark going into the season because they had four guys on the roster that could have been a starting goalie. Uh, but now the room has cleared up a little bit with the retirement of Ben Bishop. Anton Hudobin has recently been moved down to the AHL, but now might get called back up because Braden Holtzby just got placed in COVID protocol on Tuesday, you know, a few hours before we started recording. Um, and, you know, he and Jake Ottinger, the guys that have kind of been solidified as the starting duo are certainly, you know, they deserve so much credit for the defensive side of things, as well as some of the defensemen on the team. Uh, John Klingberg, a guy who's been talked about a lot recently in many star circles as he's kind of surfaced in some trade rumors, feeling kind of unappreciated given the amount of effort and the amount of times he's played over the past several seasons here in Dallas, playing at a pretty high level. Um, but even him, Miro Haskin and Ryan Suter, 
has been a pretty nice offseason addition, despite what some fans might say. Certainly not perfect, and certainly I still don't think worth a four-year deal that we signed into at, what, age 36. But, you know, the Stars have always kind of been a defensive team for, you know, Stars fans who have watched the team religiously to even just kind of the casual NHL fan. The Stars always seem to be founded in defense. But, you know, nice to see some of the new young talent emerging offensively, like Jason Robertson, a Calder Trophy finalist last season. Rupe Hintz having a nice season in his own regard, uh, you know, a guy in his early 20s. So the Stars certainly, you know, founded in, you know, a defensive ideology, I guess, if you will. But really, really encouraging as fans of the team and as a guy who covers the team to see the team turning an offensive leaf. So that way, when they do give up those response, you know, those those goals in the game early in the game or whenever they give them up, it feels like there's always a chance that the Stars can get back in. And we've seen that a lot recently over their past few games that they've played against Florida and Pittsburgh coming out of this COVID hiatus. Mm, I love that, you know, Kraken fans or anyone who listens to Locked on Kraken knows I love good defense. And so just looking at the numbers and having not really watched enough stars games to go by my handy dandy eye test i think uh i i like what you're saying about defense and it's definitely something that just as someone who likes to watch hockey i will be keeping a keen eye on uh given that i think that's a place where i'd love to see the seattle kraken really elevate their game and i know they're really trying to focus on a team defense and it's it's hit or miss here i i kind of liken the seattle kraken and their performance to like you know trying to get a teenager to do well anything you know (laughs) (laughs) sometimes it sticks and it's awesome and other times it's like okay that's a no for today (laughs) (laughs) so I'll, I'll be looking out for that but let's flip the switch then what would you say is maybe an Achilles heel like uh if if the Seattle Kraken could uh you know input a cheat code what would they need to do in order to really expose the Dallas team Yeah, I think as far as weaknesses go, um, it's going to come down to putting the Stars on the penalty kill. It's been very inconsistent so far this season. The Stars do really well on special teams when they're on the man advantage, but there's been so many times this season where they've lost games because of committing, you know, they commit too many penalties and the guys committing the penalties end up being valuable players on those penalty kill units. So whether it's defensemen or just defensive minded forwards, kind of like Luke Glendening or even Jamie Benn a little bit at times where he's at in his career. Uh, you know, a guy that can have a nice physical presence on the ice during those, you know, four man attempts. I, I think that's kind of been the overall overarching Achilles heel of this team. Um, and especially, you know, in some of those cases, I think back to early November, there was a game in Vancouver where the Stars gave up, I think, two or three power play goals to a Canucks power play unit that was bottom of the league. But, you know, it, it let the Canucks build up a nice, comfortable lead. And then the way the Stars team is wired, there's just not necessarily too many times that you're going to see the Stars come back from a multiple goal deficit. And so if the stars find themselves down two or three goals, if you're the other team, you can almost lock in the win. We did. We have recently seen the stars take steps in the right direction and fixing that uh, last Saturday, they played Pittsburgh. We're down two zero to a team that had won 10 straight coming into that game, but they found a way to, you know, pull themselves out of the hole and come back and score three goals without having to force OT. And so maybe the stars are turning a new leaf there. Maybe that was a one-off instance, but if you're going to be looking for a weakness to exploit for the stars team, it's, you know, put their best players in the penalty box and then take advantage while you have that extra man on the ice, because, you know, the stars just haven't done very, very well in defending the penalty kill as we saw in their most recent game on Sunday against the St. Louis blues. 
Mm, yeah, and we've got the Blues coming up. So uh, that's interesting. I, I know we're going to get into some predictions and whatnot. So I definitely think some of that intel will go into what I ultimately uh, choose as my prediction for, for this series. But, um, you know, a lot of people, especially the teams that we played early on, have to in some ways, or maybe this is obviously coming from my Seattle Kraken fandom bias, but it does seem as though, you know, it's kind of like, all right, who's this? who's this new guy? Like, what are they about? You know, I wonder if you get a vibe for what uh, the players from Dallas or even the fans are, are thinking about, as we talked about at the top, uh, having a new team come in and, and having to kind of figure the Seattle Kraken out. Yeah, I, I think it's, and it's odd just because, you know, geographically Dallas and Seattle are so far apart. And so, and, and, you know, at least for myself, I know I'm kind of concerned more when it comes to the NHL on like the central teams in general. But I think you even mentioned uh, near the top of the show as well, talking about how some people might count the Pacific division as maybe not as competitive, which I think, you know, the division as a whole has kind of, you know, disputed that a little bit this season with team like Anaheim coming out of nowhere and, you know, finding themselves kind of near the top of the standings in Vegas, uh, Calgary and Edmonton, always competitive. And so uh, it's certainly been interesting to watch and, uh, you know, I haven't got to tune into too many Seattle games myself because if they're not nationally televised, we're not getting a, a Seattle broadcast down here in Texas, unfortunately. But, I, you know, I think there's, a, you know, always a bit of excitement, you know, with the new team because it's kind of a blank slate and, you know, it opens an opportunity for, you know, I, I guess rivalry is kind of a strong word given since they haven't played a game. But, you know, you never know what kind of storylines can branch out from these kind of games, what kind of, you know, lore can be added to the overall NHL story that's been told over the past several years. And so I think there's a lot of excitement and I'm sure it'll just be really interesting for fans at the American Airlines Center to see a new team and, you know, see, you know, what the turnout is as far as Seattle fans go here in Texas, because it's so night and day. Sometimes there will be a Stars game where it's, you know, 99% Stars fans in the crowd. And then all of us, you know, we'll play a team from Canada or somewhere far up north, but they have a ton of fans down here in Texas. And so really, really curious to see kind of what the turnout is and what the reception is like from from the Stars fans. But I think, you know, it's mostly positive and always exciting to watch another team as they enter a league, no matter what league it is. Yeah, indeed. And we kind of talked about revenge games and Alexiak. I know uh, we'll be hearing from him in, in media over for uh, Locked on Kraken and whatnot. It's always interesting. You know, again, sometimes you get guys that they, they you know, it, it, I think it depends on how long they've been with the team too, right? Um, you know, that, that, that they make sure to chat with their old teammates. Sometimes they've even still got, you know, family and, and a house in their old market. and then And then you have... Ryan Donato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to get to see Jamie back. He was always a guy that kind of flew under the radar for the stars, but I'm, I mean, didn't really leave a bad taste in anyone's mouth. So I'm sure, you know, the fans will be excited to see him too. And I uh, always a fun guy to watch along the boards because he was that guy for the stars that could always just pack a big hit. Uh, and the fans in Dallas love, love big hits, which hockey fans in general do, but especially here in Texas where things yeah. can get a little rowdy at times. Yeah, for sure. I, I I wonder what happens when Alexiak lays the first hit. Will they cheer as, as just as by default, or have a certain? <laughs> it might. It'll de it'll depend on who he hits. That's that's for sure. If he uh, if he hits Yanni Hockenpah, it could be it could be really interesting because Hockenpah, who actually wears the same number, number two that Alexiak wore here in Dallas, they're about the same size, and so that could be uh, an unstoppable force, an immovable object, right there. So <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see what happens.
Absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, we're definitely going to get into some predictions for the game and uh, do all of that. But like you said, we, we're going to shoot it over to our sponsors, Dane. Today's episode is also brought to you by Primal Origin Oils. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look groomed and healthy. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel in beard products available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the United States. We know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and the feel in beard to the other products you've used. They promise that you will see and feel the difference. Remember, the code LOCKEDON gets you 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Again, use the code LOCKEDON at checkout for 20% off your order at PrimalOriginOils.com. All right, welcome back in, everyone, to today's crossover episode between Locked On Stars and Locked On Kraken. Dane Lewis, Erica Ayala here to close out the show, give you some final thoughts going into tonight's matchup between the Stars and Kraken. And Erica, what are your overall thoughts, predictions for tonight's game as far as score, maybe a first goal score for the Kraken, things like that? Wow. So if I was confident that you know, the Seattle Kraken, we're going to win this game. I would definitely go with a score that we seem to really like, which is four to three, right around in there is where we usually are. And hearing you speak earlier that sometimes, you know, if if Dallas is down a a couple goals, that that is sometimes hard for them to overcome. If we could catch them still on on the not so great side of, of that trend, that would be great. However, I'm not going to say that because you talked about defense. Um, a team that's really skilled at defense, I think, is going to have the advantage over the Seattle Kraken, if we're being honest. A team that, uh, as you said, is usually at the disadvantage. Well, I guess every team is at the disadvantage <laughs> if we're not scoring first. But the Seattle Kraken are, are not usually the team that scores first. And that's something that I'd like to see them work on. Um you know, and a team that has a little bit more discipline, a little bit more patience, and is really refined on the defensive side, again, I think will have the advantage over the Seattle Kraken. So, again, just kind of looking at the stats, looking at what uh, Dallas usually puts up and what they usually give up, I'd have to say that I'm going to go, I'm going to go, hmm, I'll give you three. I'll give you three, two in favor of Dallas. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah, I certainly can see the game unfolding that way as well. Um, It's weird because the Dallas Stars always play really well against the better teams in the league. You know, they've beaten Colorado this season. They've beaten Edmonton, Calgary, Colorado, Florida. But whenever they play these kind of middle of the pack or lower tier teams like L.A., they've lost twice to Ottawa this season, which is like 50% of Ottawa's wins so far. Uh, (laughs) Things can just get weird. And so there's a little bit of a concern for me for the stars going into this game, but given what happened to them on Sunday, blowing a late, you know, late game lead to their rivals, the blues, I think that there's going to be a little bit of a bit of a fire for this team. And this is almost kind of a must win game for a team that's looking to kind of regain some ground in the central division standings. Cause with 
they're I think they had five or six games off and all of those were division games. They lost a little bit of ground as far as points go. And I think they're sitting around that six or five spot in the division. And so these would be a huge two points for the stars to get uh, before they'd go on, you know, to Florida this weekend and play the Panthers and lightning in back to back games. And I, I just can't envision the stars coming out of that weekend with four points as nice as that would be. So I'll, uh, I'll kind of follow suit. Um, with you with I think it could be a close game it could almost be a trap kind of game for the stars um, and I'll, I'll I'll say score of four to two but it wouldn't surprise me maybe if that fourth goal for the stars comes off an empty net from Seattle you know bringing on that sixth attacker to try to tie things up at the end yeah that sounds about right too um, you know I also heard you say that if there were an Achilles heel to expose it would be essentially the Seattle Kraken exposing the team on the power play that is not one of our strong suits. <laughs> so uh, yeah, an empty netter trying to get it close late in the game. That that sounds about right too. <laughs> yeah. And do you have a, a first goal prediction for the Kraken? Oh, first goal. Let's see. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with uh, the hot hand or the hot stick here and go with Jared McCann. That's actually another player that easily I could have mentioned. He was with uh, Jaden Schwartz, Jordan Everly coming out of preseason and early on. That line obviously has gotten mixed up with Schwartz now, um, you know, on the injured reserve. But McCann can score in this league, and uh, I think he's been a great asset. So, and he, you know, was looking great uh, in in the game that we just played. Uh, so, I'll go with McCann. Good deal. Yeah, he. Uh, I think he's second on on Seattle in points. So definitely a guy that the Stars will need to be mindful of, as well as Eberly, uh, who I know is first on the team in points as of right now. And for the Stars on their side of things, I think it's hard to bet against the top line. Uh, and it's going to be you know either that Rupe Hints, Jason Robertson, or Joe Pavelski. Um, I'll, I'll go Pavelski this game. I, I feel like he's a uh, he you know didn't score in their last game against St. Louis, but all three of those guys have played pretty well coming off of this pause, and so. I, uh, I hope that, you know, if the Stars are able to take advantage of, you know, a, 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 I guess lesser opponent in Seattle, if that's what you want to call it, uh, that the top line can kind of lead the way offensively and, and get things going and help the Stars get two crucial points before hitting the road for Florida. Yeah, well, it looks like we're pretty much in line with what they have as uh, the players to watch over on NHL.com. But, I mean, hey, it means we know our stuff there. But it's interesting to hear you talk about kind of Dallas maybe – I don't want to say playing down, but maybe not always commanding uh, the pace of the game. Uh, that is definitely something that I think the Seattle Kraken need to learn how to do. That being said, we've also found success against uh, Florida, and we're going to be pretty much on a back-to-back -back here. So I wonder if we if we see Chris Drieger in net, uh, or if he'll maybe get the start in St. Louis, who we have up next. But um, Drieger just brings a different type of energy. Uh, he can really be wild and come out of the crease uh, in some dangerous <laughs> ways, but in some ways I almost will take that mistake because at least he's going for it um, as opposed to what I kind of talked about earlier. So we'll see. I think what we see goaltending wise could be interesting as well. Um, but overall, I think it's it's going to be we're not in the same situation, obviously, as Dallas. I think it's it's obviously not a must win as far as the standings are concerned. 
But I do think after all of the time that Seattle Kraken had to the, the Seattle Kraken had to practice and for them to give up that first goal the way they did in Colorado, not a great look, did bounce back. We talked about the response goals, but again, it's that teenager mentality that we're still seeing and they still have to establish some consistency. And so I'd like to see them do that against Dallas Dade. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I sure would take it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I certainly am always a fan of a competitive hockey game so maybe you know that loss to Colorado and uh you know sparks a fire under the team and certainly you know a challenging road trip for for the Kraken playing Colorado who's on fire Dallas who's just always a coin flip of what you're going to get and then St. Louis right after is uh is no easy task as stars fans know good and well so really really excited and excited for this first matchup between the stars and Kraken hopefully the first installment of what ends up being a really fun competitive series over the years Oh, absolutely, which just means we'll have to do more crossover episodes. Yeah, it sounds like it. We'll have to do more Squadcast, as you call them. So <laughs> I, uh, I, li- I like that name a lot. It makes it sounds a little more spicy than just a crossover episode. <laughs> oh, I love the spice. That's for sure. <laughs> All about the spice here at the Lockdown Podcast <laughs> Network. But Erica, thank you for joining the show today. Seattle Kraken fans, glad that I could uh, grace your earbuds as well. Um, you know, you can find both of us on social media. Um, I'm on Twitter at Dane double underscore Lewis and Erica, where can the people find you at? You can find me at E Lindsay zero eight. That's E L I N D S A Y zero eight. And uh, looking forward to in, in just a few weeks time here, offering some Olympic coverage also for the locked on podcast network. Yeah, very excited for that. I know uh, Olympics going to look a little bit different without NHL players, but still exciting to cover nonetheless, as it's, you know, hockey on the national stage. So always a good time there for sure. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Dan, and we'll do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making Locked on Stars your first listen of the day. Be sure to subscribe to and follow the Locked on Stars podcast wherever you get your podcast at, whether that's on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. Always 100% free. And of course, be sure to rate and review if you like what you hear. Now go make your second listen of the day, the Locked on Bets podcast with daily insight and analysis from your boy Q and Lee Sterling. That show is also found for free wherever you find your podcast app. Be sure to tune in to tomorrow's episode for a full breakdown of the Stars Kraken matchup. We'll give you all the insight and all of the goodness that you desire as the game unfolds and we'll break it all down here on locked on stars see you tomorrow stars fans have a great day